Listen to The Morning Cry weekdays in December on your favorite podcast app. Just search for The Morning Cry on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you like to listen. Father, come again today. I will pray that your Holy Spirit will speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. We turn our Bibles to the book of Luke, chapter 13, verse 24. The Bible here says, Strive to enter him at a straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter him and shall not be able. While this is a parallel passage to the gospel according to Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14. I believe it will be very helpful to use this passage to emphasize a very important truth that many have come to misunderstand. This has led many to carrying a false hope of salvation, which will be disastrous on the final day. My question and focus today is that, are there many that are outside the kingdom of God today who ignorantly have been made to believe that they are born again, but in the real sense, they are not? And this reminds me of the allegory drawn by John Buyan, the author of The Pilgrim Progress, about a fictional character called Ignorance, a young man whom the pilgrims, Christian and hopeful, met in the course of their journey to the celestial city. Ignorance had no scroll with which to gain entrance into the celestial city, meaning he had bypassed the gates. He claims that he lives a good religious life, and is confident that this is enough to get him into the celestial city. He also has many thoughts about God, which encourages him to believe that he will be accepted into heaven. When the pilgrim explained to him the need to have gone through the gate, he did not listen and later parted ways for the pilgrim. This way is what? I know my Lord's will. I've been a good liver. I pay every man his own. I pray, fast, pay tight, and give hand. He continues to say, Gentlemen, Ye be author strangers to me. I know you not. Be content to follow the religion of your country, and I will follow the religion of mine. I hope all will be well. And as for the gates that you talk of, all the world knows that this is a great way off our country. Ignorance was later seen by the pilgrims trying to enter heaven without a certificate. It was accordingly cast into hell. Do you know that many like ignorance today are saying, I know the way of salvation. I am okay as I am. I do so many good things for God. After all, God answers my prayers. How come I have such and such blessings if I am not okay with God? What are the things that could bring a person into this false state of hope and believe that all is well? To help a bit, I will categorize this into three. The deceived, the dutiful, and the decliners. The deceived are those who believe a false or incomplete gospel. For example, the gospel of come as you hear. Just believe. You don't need to repent. Eternal security. Or those that come to know salvation for the wrong motives. How many people are in the Christendom today because of the need for temporal solutions to life's common problem? They heard the gospel of God is going to bless you if you give your life to him. God is going to make you successful if you give your life to him. And they came based on what to eat, what to drink, and wherein to be clothed. Things that Christ expressly asked us 
not to take a thought about. Matthew 6.34 Any gospel that does not emphasize God's love through Christ and his atoning work on the cross of Calvary, a man's partaking in this walk through repentance and faith in the completed work is false. If eternal life and all that accompanies it is not in the focus, it is false. Paul says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. The second category are the dutiful. These are in the corridors of faith, perhaps born into a Christian home. And Christianity is what they have grown to become accustomed to. And they can't even imagine being anything else, but they have not genuinely known the Lord. Perhaps they might have gotten involved in religious work without knowing the owner of the work and felt no need to come to the Lord in genuine repentance because they abide by the rules and regulations that was laid down by their own congregation. These are the religious dutiful. The third category I'm going to talk about are the decliners. These are the backsliders in art. They knew the way of God before, and like the Galatians, they received another gospel. Or like the church in Ephesus, they left their first love and just continued as though nothing happened. Or they went into sin and they covered it up and continued in service and fellowship with other believers as though everything remains the same. Think about Judas. While this categorization is not exhaustive by any means, we need to note that all these people may possess some knowledge of the scriptures and would have personal reasons to say that they are okay. And it is possible that godly men could assess them to be fine and okay Christians perpetrating their false hope, but in the sight of God, they are lost. If I call your attention to Isaiah chapter 58 verse 1 and 2, and God was talking about specifically the children of Israel, and he told prophet Isaiah to cry aloud, spare not, lift up thy voice like a trumpet, and show my people their transgression, and the house of Jacob their sins, they were living in sin. But in verse 2 the scripture says, yet they seek me daily and delight to know my ways, as a nation that did righteousness, and forsook not the ordinance of their God. They ask of me the ordinance of justice, they take delight in approaching God. So this tells us that religious activity or some show of devotion is not necessarily salvation. It's only a form of godliness. Like the man who came to the feast without a wedding garment, Living in disobedience and even though he thinks all is well, these people may become ashamed on the last day. I want to plead with anyone listening to me today that if by any means you have come into this faithful profession without going through the straight or narrow gate, don't waste your time. Don't waste your life. A false hope is really no hope. It is fatal. It rests on no solid foundation. It is simply fantasy about your hand. It is disastrous. I imagine someone is asking me at this time, how then do I know if I've entered through the straight gate? Or how do I know that I'm still on the, uh, on the way? While I do not believe there is an exhaustive list of things that will prove that one is genuinely born again, but I can say that there are some things that should be there. In no particular order, first of all, the joy of salvation. When someone is genuinely born again and at Calvary, the burden and guilt of sin is lifted, 
This lifting creates joy. This joy we talk about is different from happiness. It is not driven by the possession of things, but it is driven by the possession of Christ. It brings peace into your heart. And it was this joy that David lost and prayed for in Psalms chapter 51 verse 12, saying, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. There is also going to be a love for God. This love for God is accompanied by love for his word, his people, and hatred for sin. When you have the love for God, you will love what he loves and hate what he hates. Obviously, God loves righteousness and hates sin. And anyone that is really born again would not only love righteousness, but will also hate sin. Hebrews 1, 9. The Bible says in the first and greatest commandment that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. And of course, you love your neighbor as yourself. Matthew 22, 37, 40. You will also have the witness of the Spirit. The Bible makes it clear that as many that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Romans 8, 14. Also in verse 16, the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. In Galatians chapter 4, verse 6, the Bible further states that, And because ye are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his sons into your hearts, crying above Father. You see, a person that is in Christ would have the Spirit of God. This Spirit comes into us. It is the Spirit of Christ. It leads us to pray and fellowship with God, yearning for God in our hearts. And lastly, there will be a changed life. There is always a change in a life that has experienced Christ at Calvary. It is a great change. The Bible says that, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. What that means is that old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. When we come into a saving relationship with Christ, there must be a distinct difference between the past and the present. It must be a U-turn in the direction now of Christ. So, if you're listening to me today, if this is not a state of your heart, you cannot see of a truth that you have the joy of salvation. You have the peace of God in your heart. And you know for sure that when Christ comes, it, you will be going with him. You cannot say that you have love or maybe you used to have it before like the efficient believers, but now it is lost. Or perhaps you cannot say of a truth that you have the witness of the Holy Spirit in you. Remember, those that are of Christ are led by the Spirit of God. And lastly, if you cannot say that there is a change in your life, a positive change in your life, maybe it's time to take the step in the right direction. Come to the Lord in all humility and seek His face in genuine repentance. Ask for His mercy. Make your way straight with the Lord. Get things right and commence a defined journey with true assurance of your salvation in your heart. You see, the matter of salvation is not something that you leave to chances because the gate will not be open forever. At some point, it will be shut. You don't want to get to the eternal gate on that final gate and realize that you never saw. I pray that God will help you. Seek the face of God.